The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to A Guided Life Podcast, where we talk about all things spirit and life. I'm your host, Laura West. Follow me on Facebook at GuidedWest11, on Instagram at GuidedWest, and on Twitter at LauraWest111. I also have a website at www.laurawest.net, where you can download a free guide on how to meet your own spirit guides. My book, Guided, is available on Amazon, and it's about soul teams, intuition, mediumship, and spiritual tools such as oracle and tarot cards, crystals, pendulums, and so much more. My guest today is Elias Patras. Elias is an intuitive motivator, author, and psychic medium. He takes his years of experience in intuitive work, life coaching, and teaching to support others on their journey of self-development so they can connect, educate, and grow to their limitless possibilities. He was the 2019 Celebrate Your Life Speaker Program winner and shared the stage in Sedona with Dr. Joe Dispenza, Neil Donald Walsh, Anita Morjani, Dr. Bruce Lipton, Denise Lynn, Lisa Williams, and Sunny Don Johnston. He has been studying energy work for over 20 years. He is also the creator of a very specialized line of energy balancing sprays and bath salts to enhance areas of the mind, body, and spirit in being balanced and aligned. Elias believes the key to learning and personal growth is how to listen and to connect to the signs and signals that we receive. His mission is to help others understand and tap into their own intuition and inner voice. Hi, Elias. I am so thrilled to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited to be here. Wonderful. Uh, So I would first love to start and talk about the gazillion amazing things that you are up to because I know you are very busy. (laughs) I am up to to a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff, Laura. It's kind of crazy. It's, um, you know, besides seeing clients and I have uh, animal spirit guide workshop coming up. I have a past life workshop coming up. I have messages from above. It's a gallery format, um, all on Zoom. So I've got all that happening in June. Meanwhile, I'm working on July's guests and August guests, and I've got a retreat coming up in November. And hot off the news, we are planning, I don't have all the exact dates yet, but we're planning a seven-day retreat to Ecuador next year. And then two years' time, we're planning a trip to Greece in 2024. That'll probably be 10 days, and it'll be called Honoring Your Inner God and Goddess. 
Oh, wow. That sounds absolutely amazing. Now, for those who would be interested, how do they become a part of that? For those who are interested uh, for the Greece trip or the Ecuador trip, uh, email me directly, Elias at EliasPatris.com. For those that are interested in the workshops that I'm offering, you can just go to EliasPatris.com, click on events and appearances, and it will show up there. So I want to talk about, I want to take it back now to where you were. We're going back now to, I mean, you weren't, you didn't always do these sorts of things, right? I mean, I imagine there was a time when you did something different and then life changed. And then here we are today. Can you take us, can you take us back to your past? I can take you back. So back in the day, way back in the day, I worked at Leo Burnett Advertising, and that was in Chicago, Leo Burnett Advertising. And from there, I went from advertising to restaurants. I was on one of the teams that had Sony, and Sony left the advertising company. So there were a bunch of us that were like stuck with no job. The fascinating thing was this just came up. Like, let's do this restaurant thing. I'm like, what? It's a crazy 50s, 60s restaurant in Chicago. There was one in Milwaukee. There was one in Arizona. There was one in um, in LA as well. And Ed DeBevix was a place where you would get burgers and fries and shakes and malts and just 50s, 60s feel-good food. And you could be a little sassy with the clients, customers, guests, whatever you wanted to call them. The best thing was that someone said, hey, I'd like to have that dessert. You could look at them and say, you didn't finish your hamburger, sorry, and then just walk away. So (laughs) much fun, so much fun. So from there, I became a server to a server trainer. And then as a server trainer, I got into, um, there's a woman that I hired And she was really into energy work. So I talked to her a little bit and I said, you know, some weird things have been happening lately. I've been picking up people's pain. It's really weird. And uh, she's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, someone's sitting on a train next to me and they're rubbing their knee. I'm rubbing my knee the same place. They get up, they leave and the pain's gone. So I didn't know that I was an empath. And she said, well, I think you should talk to this therapist that I work with. I'm like, so you think I'm crazy? She's like, no, no, no. Here's her name. Please go see her. She's an integrative therapist and she'll be able to help you. Well, I kind of blew that off for like a week until the following week when a month prior to this, mind you, a month prior to this, my roommate, she said, God, you have to call me in sick. You know, I'm not feeling good because I've got cramps and I've got this and I've got that. I said, oh, if I could ever take those from you, I would. Okay. So fast forward a month later to this particular week and I woke up, my stomach was killing me. Like above my stomach, below my stomach, my pecs were hurting, my lower back was hurting and my fingers looked like I ate a cup of salt. Like, what is going on? And I felt like crap. And she knocks on the door and she's like, hey, Elias, we got to get to work. I said, no, I don't feel good. And she's like, what's going on? I told her all of my symptoms. And she goes, Elias, 
I'm, I'm at that time of the month and I don't have any symptoms. I'm like, what? This is not possible. As I lower my voice, this is not possible. This is not possible. <laughs> and I said, oh my and, goodness. No, I'm like, what? You're going to call me in and say, hi, Elias can't come in today. He's got his period. You know, I. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming. <laughs> right. So um, I went to work and this woman who told me about who to see, and she's like, look, she said, I want you to think very masculine thoughts in your head. And I was like, okay. And she goes, even masculine body parts in your head. I'm like, all right. And repeat them over and over. I let out one of those belches that they do in college where it's that like you could do the whole alphabet and all my symptoms left. That's when I decided to talk to this woman and I did a two-year apprenticeship program in shamanic studies. I learned a little bit more about energy work. I took Reiki. I took Akashic record reading. I got so into it. I became a manager of Edibevics. My mom died um, a little bit before that, became a manager. And um, I'm sorry, my mom died. Then my dad died, then became a manager. And I was like, all right something tells me I have to go to massage school. So as I was becoming a manager, I was going to massage school at the same time. Crazy. So quit the restaurant, went into massage school, became a massage instructor a little bit after that, taught and I combined it in my own practice, energy work with massage. I did the two-year apprenticeship program the same time I was in massage school. A year and a half later after that, I led retreats and here I am today doing all this stuff. So you followed those uh, those breadcrumbs, those intuitive breadcrumbs. Yes. There was probably like a loaf. Here's, here's a loaf, Elias, <laughs> and here's another loaf. And you know what? So you can really get that period. Here's another loaf of bread so you know that we mean it, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Like they just basically, we're just going to skip the the little signs. We're just going to do the two by fours. Yeah, that's it. Two by fours. <laughs> two exactly. By fours. Exactly. <laughs> so, so Elias, you are a medium, a psychic medium. Did you always know you were a psychic medium? Did you have experiences when you were younger? When did that whole thing start for you? When I was little, being adopted, being in... Uh, the only child, my mom was 46. My dad was 56 when they adopted me. I was in five foster homes before I was 18 months old. Uh, when they brought me over from Greece, they were Greek American. I used to have these dreams when I was little of a relative, uh, all my relatives in church, except this one relative. The phone would ring and that relative passed away. It was kind of creepy. It would happen several times. And then during that like early junior high, high school, nothing. It's like a completely shut down. I was so worried about fitting in and everything like that. And then I have to tell you about a couple of years before my mom died, it started up again doing, you know, working at Edibevics. It was, it was about 97, 98, 97, I would say. And I felt things and all that other stuff. My roommates, um, I had two of them. One was really into all this work and we would used to practice, you know, doing card readings together and just learning about stuff. It was fascinating to me. I I was a psych major, so I always wanted, I love the 
the being of service piece. And I found the psycho-spiritual connection amazing. I did my paper on Eric Erickson's eight stages of man comparing and contrasting to the seven chakras. So it was uh, fascinating, so fun, but it started back then and it just led me, again, it stopped. And if I didn't understand the psychic medium piece and the whole energy and how that works, I was in church. It was Good Friday. My mom was sick. My dad was in a nursing home. I did the sign of the cross, knelt by the pew, prayed. I was in my early 30s, and I felt somebody's hand on my shoulder. Like, oh, it's a little old man, little old woman, no big deal. And then I heard in my ear, one of your parents won't be here next year for Easter. I got up and cried and ran to the car and just spent the whole... Now, Greek service is long, y'all. It's like, it's like you know, you have to do the Greek and the English, so it's a long time. So I spent the time in the car, and the following year, my mom died three weeks before Easter. If I didn't know that information and start gathering those tools prior, I probably would have been on heavy meds or had a nervous breakdown. The following year, the day after my mom's birthday, my dad passed away. So there I have two parents that are gone and we found out that he was, that he was no longer with us while I was on vacation. I was on a cruise ship and we were like sailing off and the phone rings. That was the day that I vowed to spirit that I said, you know, God, universe, spirit, whatever you want to say that I'm like, look, we all have these gifts. But if you direct me, I promise to do really good with this. And I, I want to help teach the world how to bridge the gap between this work and, and be of service. Wow, that's pretty, um, a pretty profound moment that you had in that church service. Um, so much so that it, it didn't sound like you really had a chance to even question or, or doubt that that's what you heard. Um, So, wow, that's incredible. Who do you think that was or what? Um, You know, I don't, I honestly don't know. Could have been an angel, could have been a spirit guide, could have been somebody that was hanging around the church. I don't know, some Greek old lady that just decided she loved service so much she was hanging around for all of it. I don't know. I'm kidding. (laughs) I'm kidding. But it was probably, it was probably, um, a spirit guide. It was probably a spirit guide. It was probably um, someone. And you know what? It could have been, now that you asked this question, fascinating, Laura, in the moment, just right here, right now, I heard it was my grandmother. I've never, I never met my mom's mom. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fascinating. I never thought of that. Um, Wow. Yeah. So, Thanks for that. I was okay. meant to ask yes, it. Actually. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about guides and angels uh, and you work, do you work with uh, more than the one, more than the other? Do you work with both of them? I'm an equal opportunity employer. You know, I just, hey. I just <laughs> like, you know what? Hey, um, I do, I work with spiritual guides, um, you know, quite honestly, Laura, the the thing that I always do before I see a client or present 
is I always ask for my highest good to do my highest good, to be in that energy. I always ask for my mom and dad to be with me. And I really think that they are, they are really leading the way big time. You know, my mom, to tell you a brief story, sidebar here, was my mom had a dream that she would find a baby in a blue crib with a white dove painted on it. And that in front of the orphanage was two stone pillars, two stone doves. When they went to Greece, they wanted a child five years or older. They were older parents. They didn't want a younger kid. And my mom drives by with my dad in the car and this lady, lawyer lady, whatever, in the car. They drive past the orphanage I was in. My mom said, stop the car. And Lily's like, no, no, only young kids are there. And she goes, stop the car. The way that my mom tells the story, I walked out with your father hand in hand. And there in front of us was two stone pillars and one stone dove. And this beautiful brown turtle dove lands on my shoulder and flies off. And as I got older, my mom used to tell the story to people. I'm like, yeah, we like to call that a pigeon, but okay. And uh, <laughs> and she said she walked into the orphanage with my dad and this lady. And there I was, center row, blue crib, white dove. Oh, it's been, wow. it's like, that is how we were meant to be, my mom, dad, and I. So they are definitely guiding. And I believe that they help. When I co-facilitated a retreat, I was walking the land right before a big exercise that we did. And I always prayed and always said thank you to the land and thanks to the spirits of the land. It was, I think it was indigenous people that were on that land. And I heard a voice and it was coming for me and it creeped me out, totally creeped me out. And I'm like, okay, no, no one's coming into this body. We're not having a Whoopi Goldberg movement <laughs> here, people. And um, a deer came out of the woods and stared at me. Laura, it was about two feet away. And it shook its head and did like a little bow. And I'm like, what the heck? And I stared at it. And what came out of my mouth was this. When you vibrate at the same level of love, all creatures look alike. I just got chills. Yeah. It was just amazing. And then I was like, okay, that was nice. And the deer ran away. I'm like, all right, let me go to by the water. I'm really safer by the water. There's no animals by the water. Let me just go by the water. <laughs> I walked out in a pier and I, um, the lake that it was in, this was in Michigan. There were two swans on that lake. This one swam swimming up, swimming up, gets up on the sand. I turn around like, you never go on the sand. And I asked the uh, retreat owner. She's like, no, the swans never come up. Did the same damn thing. Shook its head and did a little bow and then came up. I'm like, okay, this is creepy. And as I was walking back, I got lost. Now, I've done lots of retreats there. I never would get lost. I'm like, where am I? And then I heard... And I was like, okay, let's have a little conversation here. Please make it my voice because this is a little creepy. And what I heard is, we are here to guide you. I channel the keepers of the angelic realm. And they would like to be called Ezekiel. Now, I was like, in this time, I'm like, okay, this is very Esther and Jerry Hicks, very Abraham Hicks-ish. And I said, I don't know how to work with you. I don't know. This is like 
as I'm clutching my cross, by the way, um, around my around my chest. <laughs> um, so I talked to my co-facilitator of the retreat, and she said, "Okay, let's do some work." So we did some channeling that evening, and it was fascinating. She goes, "Elias, that did not; those words are not like your normal speech." It was very different. So I do that. I will uh, channel. I don't tell everybody that it's Ezekiel because, you know, it just, I don't know. But I just say, you know, I channel messages from the keepers of the uh, angelic realm. Do you think that perhaps before coming into this life, that's when you gave them that permission to go ahead and, and use you and your voice to speak for the first time uh, when they sort of just did it? out of nowhere? Because to me, I would think that some sort of permission would need to be granted for them to use your physical body and use that space. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. You know, that's a good question. I I would think that there would have to be an agreement. I think there's an agreement of what I'm getting in this moment is an awakening, like to help others look at angels in a different way and how the message is so simple. The message is truly so simple. And I guess I signed up for it. So, but uh, again, no one comes into the body because I'm too much of a control freak for that to happen. (laughs) That's so funny that you mentioned that. Um, When I first, when I, when I had spiritual awakening number two and a psychic told me that I needed to start meditating to hone in on my intuition, the reason why I didn't meditate before was because I was afraid that meditating meant my soul went somewhere and left me you do okay. I'm not alone in this. Thank goodness. I'm nodding my I head, thought yes. that my, but yes, I thought my body would be inhabited. I was become vulnerable, like spiritually vulnerable. So I never meditated. And then she told me I'm loved and protected. That was all I needed to hear. And I, I started meditating since then. So to me, I, I my thought would have been like, well, when did you tell them that was okay to to do that? Because uh, I feel like that that would be, uh, uh, you know, for me optimal, and that could be why I I only now can channel my spirit guide when we when you know I I give him permission. It's not something he, well. I don't know. Maybe I think I was told I was channeling while I was writing and I didn't realize it, but that's a little different to me. I don't, words didn't come out of my mouth. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I think that's what everybody needs to know. You know, you have an agreement with source, creator, angel, spirit guides. I think, in fact, I'll, I'll bet my bottom dollar that um, we have the ability to say, okay, we are, you know, we are in charge. They're always there like, pick me, pick me, pick me, pick me. And when you decide to turn up the volume, this is what I tell students. We all have a radio. The radio is in the basement. Now, those of you younger people that are listening, a radio is not to be compared to like a boom box. It's just the normal radio, okay? Now, not an A-track or any of those other things, a radio. So, um, <laughs> so you pick the radio up from the basement, you dust it off, you plug it in. Maybe it needs batteries, maybe it doesn't. You plug it in, you pull up the antenna, you turn up the volume, you find that frequency 
fine tune it. And now you have your connection. But we all have a radio in the basement. What you and I, Laura, have done, and I'm sure several of your listeners, many of your listeners have done, is we've gotten the radio out, dusted it off, and worked with it. And we now know that we are in charge of that volume control. That's the important thing to remember and to remind people who are maybe newer in this journey and they're curious, but you know, it's fear, right? Fear is a, it's sort of an initial, I don't know, safety emotion that we have, but it can be also a very dangerous emotion because it doesn't allow you to rationally think about who the spirit might be or, you know, it's it's important to set try and set that fear aside. Um, and, you know, you feel it initially, that's just normal. But then to sort of try and change that thinking and be curious, it, it reminds me of me exploring the idea of crossing over work. Um, so basically places that may come across as haunted and working and getting those um, souls crossed over. And, you know, they're just in a, in a low vibe. I don't know. It's like a it's like a record player in their mind that just kind of constantly plays the same low vibing thought and emotion that keeps them stuck. And a lot of the times, too, they will use your fear or use your emotion to try and, uh, I don't know, uh, scare you or try and uh, have a reaction from you. And so if you can just get past that initial fear and just let them know, hey, you know, we're not going to play that right now. <laughs> okay, we're here to try and get some work done and get you to where you need to be and look at them as people. Anyway, that's sort of been my next venture as far as dealing with with fear and then changing that thinking to maybe more of a curiosity or getting past getting past the fear but it's it takes practice it takes lot, lots of practice and remembering that me having the physical body puts me in charge cuz i'm in the physical world and they're sort of in between so uh yeah it's scary at first but uh once we realize we're so loved and protected and we're not given anything we we certainly can't handle at least not alone it does make it a lot easier to be able to do those sorts of things. So I'm curious, can you share maybe some experiences that you had, whether you, you know, exploring more of your mediumship or uh, I don't know, just any experiences that are supernatural? So while my mom was alive uh, and dad was alive, I first got into, you know, like I said, practicing a little bit, getting into this. So I'm like, I'm going to find my animal spirit guide. And I was working at the restaurant uh, the restaurant closed, obviously, by the time I got out, it was one o'clock in the morning. I was living with my roommates. So I would, my mom never cared about what time it was as long, typical Greek mother, as long as you text, well, back then, call me and let me know that you're home okay. <laughs> that's all she cared about. I'm like, you know what? We got out like an hour early. Everybody did such a great job and I have time to go meditate by Lake Michigan. So I found this cool little garden area. Um, nobody was around. And I took this little icon of the Virgin Mary and baby Jesus that I had, took that with me because I've never called my animal spirit guides before. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I went by this rock and I'm like, I am calling in my animal spirit guides, make them known to me. I'm like, what are you doing, Elias? It's so like, <laughs> I don't know, like 
Merlin standing on a rock or something. It was just so weird. Anyway, I'm like, well, what could they be? And the first one that I heard, um, I, I knew what they were, but I heard a cougar in my ear. And I'm like, well, nothing's happening. I was, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't know, maybe lightning coming and, you know, shocking me down for calling in my animal spirit guide or whatever. Nothing moved, nothing shifted, no lights went off and on in the sky. So I just, I remember going, I am a cougar because I have cougar, wolf, and hawk. So I jumped off the rock, which is no more than two feet, took two steps. And the next thing I knew, I was in my car driving. I don't remember walking to the car. It was parked a block away. I don't remember getting in the car. I remember like waking up in a sense going, oh, here's a stoplight. What am I doing here? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hello. And then um, I pulled over. I Back in the day, everybody, when we had a payphone, I called my mom and I said, hey, because, yeah, my dad was in the nursing home by this time. I called my mom and I said, um, I was meditating by the lake. <laughs> and my mom's like, you were what? I said I was meditating by the lake. And um, I think I bumped my head somehow because my head's bleeding. And I'm going to take myself to the hospital. Can you meet me there? Because I, I don't know what's going on. My roommate, I called her and I told her, I think I had some weird spiritual woo-woo thing that happened. I'm not sure. She came and got me. She drove my car. My mom met us at the hospital. I hate throwing up, Laura. It's like one of my worst things. Like even today at 57, I'm like, Ugh. so I didn't need anything funky. And I said, excuse me, I'll be right back. Puked, came back and I go, excuse me, I have to go again. Came out the other way. And I was like, I don't know what just, and my mom's like, are you okay? You're not like upset? You know, cause normally you get worked up. I'm like, I'm good. Doctor calls me in. We go into the into the emergency room, and he's like, "Do you do drugs?" I'm like, "No." Do you have epilepsy? No. Do you have anything else weird? No. Because I'll be right back. We're going to run some tests. Okay. I look up, and there's like this surgical lamp, and in the lamp, <laughs> I see this man with a cane, like an image of this tall man with a cane. I'm thinking it's the green, uh, the uh, uh, the Reaper. Grim Reaper. That's what I meant. Green. <laughs> Grim Reaper. And he's nodding his head. I'm like, oh my God. Start seeing Swing Low Sweet Chariot because, you know, I didn't know what the heck was going on. Oh, my roommate comes in and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm dying. I know I'm dying. I just saw the Grim Reaper and I'm dying. Go get my mom because I'm dying. I'm dying. She starts crying, which tells me, oh my God, she thinks I'm dying. <laughs> and my, she gets my mom and as I'm waiting for my mom to come I see the man with the cane again and all these like shadow outlines of animals were all around him now I'm Greek so I'm not Catholic but I, I know of St. Francis of Assisi I'm like what? and my mom's like honey you'll be okay I'm like I'm dying she's like you're not dying you're okay and that never made sense to me. I went home. All was fine. 
I then went to my teacher and I said, this is what happened. She said, you weren't driving your car. She said, never do that meditation by yourself. You know, she goes, your angels definitely drove the car for you. And she said, but you also had some sort of initiation. You had initiation of like a shamanic initiation, a death and a rebirth. When a shaman is, is initiated, they have a purging. Clearly, you had a purging for both ends. And, um, and then you think that you're dying. So she said it was probably maybe a past life connection. And you really getting in touch with that piece. I still don't know what happened, but it's really interesting. So that's my first deep, um, like, huh, that's interesting. That's interesting. But I have to tell you, Laura, you know, I think my family lineage is all about that. Very quick story again. My grandfather, when he came over to Greece, he was 16 years old. And he had 50 cents in his pocket. And he took the boat to America. He went to the nearest church in the morning to light a candle. He's like, okay, it's going to be over there. So I'll go stay near the church and then go to the boat. That night, he dreamt that this man came to him. And this man said, do not be afraid. God is always with you and will be with you and your family and your family's family, you know down the generations. He woke up, he was 16, like what the hell? So my mom's telling me the story, of course. He goes to this church, I'll say it in Greek, it's called Ayos Haralambos. Ayos means saint, Haralambos, for lack of better words, means Harry. So Saint Harry, okay? That's why one of the reasons my dog's named Harry, by the way. And um, he went to, now Greek people, they light a candle, whatever icon is there, they do the sign of the cross. They kiss the icon and they say a prayer. The man that was in his dream was the same man that was on that icon. So I always ask him, like, Mom, we don't have a Saint Harry, you know, a patron Saint Harry. There's no nobody named Harry in our life. In our, you know, usually it's like Jim, John, um, Louis, all those other kind of names. And I said, normally we go to that church, Saints Day. And we always went to this church on the north side of Chicago once a year to light a candle in honor of my grandfather. And my grandfather's name was John. So, so fascinating. So that's like, it feels like this aha spiritual moment has been with my grandfather, my mom, when she aha with me, and then me having this experience, I just feel like, I was made for this family and made to share these stories to help open and again, help awaken others. I think you bring up something really fascinating because this is your adopted family that we're talking about. So I, I think it goes to show that it doesn't have to be biological. It's passed down because you were meant to be with that, like you're part of that family. You just entered it a different way right different vessel but soul family the soul connection yeah 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 i had another guest on she was adopted as well and she says it's so interesting because my by or my adopted parents are very intuitive and just like she is so it feels like it's genetic or passed down but she's not genetically related to them right 
So interesting. Because my whole thing is, you know, when I teach a class and I'm on TikTok too, so you should see me on TikTok trying to get people to understand the work that we do without the yes or no questions. Like, will I get married? I'm like, I don't know. Do you want to get married? And, (laughs) And I said... Well, I mean, you always say yes. And I'm like, so the question is, what's blocking you from getting married? Not, will I get married? And um, <laughs> I tell everybody, you're all intuitive. If we all come from God, universe, source, and we have been, that energy has been blown into our soul, we all come from that. We're all intuitive. Yeah. Again, it's the radio thing. Turn up the volume, everybody. So I guess the question would be, if somebody wanted to be more intuitive, what do they do to sort of plug that radio in and turn, tune it, tune it to the right channel? I think for me, at least, I think it's asking for it to come softly, gently, yet quickly. Those are really important words. So important that I'll say it again, softly, gently, yet quickly for those impatient people quickly For those people like, hey, whoa, (laughs) way too much, Um, softly and gently. And then ask for signs. Ask for, please show me how I can relate. Would it be in a song? Maybe I find pennies. Maybe I'm finding feathers. Maybe these aha moments so uh, happen so much. Or, you know what? I'm kind of scared. Could you tell me in a dream instead and allow me to remember? Because again, you are in charge of how these things open and how these things happen for you. I remember that, you know, for me, it was like, boom, here it is. And what do you do with all that information? So it happened quickly. Yes. But I didn't ask for it to happen softly. It's kind of like a scream instead of a whisper. Yeah. I One thing that I've learned about the other side is they're very literal. Mm-hmm. So you do have to. And even even though some people may think, well, don't they just know to give it to me that way? And the answer to that is no. Yeah, no. Because we have free will. We have free will and we have the right to choose. Right. So they will listen to that. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to ask you uh, about your intuition. Now, how does your intuition resonate in you? How do you, how do you sense your intuition? Um, so are you asking me about the Claire's, the Claire sentient, clairvoyant, that piece? Yeah. Cause probably for you now it's, a, it's evolved to that. I would, I would imagine. Yes. So, yeah. um, I do see, so clairvoyant, I do hear clear audience. I do feel clairsentient. That's how it started was feeling. Then it started feeling to hearing to seeing, then the claircognizant, the knowing, that's a hard one. And I'll I'll be kind. I won't say um, what I say on a live, but um, I call that Claire coming out of my butt because um, if you're like, where did this come from? You know, it feels like you're pulling it out of your butt, right? So uh, claircognizant. Yeah, Laura, I mix all the humor with my stuff. I I have to, right? Um, And then um, when I do mediumship, I have the Claire Gustafsons and the Claire Alliance, the smell and the taste. I have all the eclairs. And unfortunately, here's a bad joke, <laughs> dad joke, everybody prepare. I even have the eclair. That's my favorite eclair. That's my favorite Claire is the eclair. Yeah. Yum. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. That's lovely. So who do you think is on the other side of your intuition? 
or what? Um, it's funny because I've had I've asked myself that question, and I just really think that there's so many up there, and I think we're only aware of a handful. You know, yes, we have animal spirit guides. Yes, we have angels. Yes, we have past life guides. You know that they haven't come back yet, but they're still with us because they've been with us in a previous life. And we have our loved ones. We have a smorgasbord of people to choose from. And I think, what is it all about? It all comes, you ask all the motivational speakers that do this work, you ask all the gurus, it all comes back to love. It's that easy. How do we tap in through love? How do we heal through love? How do we grow through love? I think that if I've learned anything in this life, it's the richness of love, the richness of two people that were 46 and 56, that my mom had five miscarriages and wanted a baby bad, that when everybody told them no, that they went out and did it. And it's funny because they won a ticket that year to Korea and they changed it to a ticket to Greece. So who's on the other side? I think you call in who needs to help you for your highest good. I like that. I like leaving it open like that. And that's why a lot of times I myself refer to them as soul team, mm-hmm. uh, just so I don't have to figure out who needs to come because they they know <laughs> who's over there to help with what. So that's wonderful. So to close our interview, I was wondering if whether it's through Ezekiel or intuitively, do you have a timeless message for the listener for whenever they listen to this episode, it will resonate with them at that time? Okay, let's you you stop me, Laura, when I need to, because if I'm going to, if I'm going to do the um, uh, from the uh, angelic realm, uh, they can just talk and talk and talk. So let's see what we can (laughs) get. Okay. Okay. Good evening, loved ones, or good day. We like to share with you that the message here is about joy, is about happiness, is about clarity, and is about love. When you connect loved ones, to your highest good and know that you are co-creating with the creator. You step into your highest good. You always will get what you need. Now we say to you, it may not be what you want, but it is what you need. And in this way, Loved ones, your heart can soar and you can change and shift your life to inspire others. We are all here helping you to support. All you have to do is ask. Enjoy loved ones, each moment 
each precious moment. For you are far bigger in your heart than you realize. Peace to you, loved ones. I think that length of time was perfect and such a honor and privilege to to witness that. So thank you so much. Thank you to the angelic realm for that wonderful message that never hurts to hear time and time again. So thank you so much. And Elias, thank you for your time today and for sharing your wonderful story and journey uh, thus far and for just helping the world become a brighter, more intuitive, connected place. So thank you. Thanks, Laura, for having me on. I really appreciate it. And that was another episode of A Guided Life Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, love and light always. Hey, it's Radley Valentine. Join me for a brand new way of connecting with your angels on my new podcast, The Angel Tarot Show. Each week, you'll meet your angelic guides and guardians and find new ways to unlock unconditional love, tune into your intuitive abilities, and create the joy-filled life that, well, you've always wanted. Plus, you'll get a useful and timely energetic weather report bringing you guidance for the coming week. Tap into the healing, hope, and guidance that's all around you on the Angel Tarot Show, exclusively on mindbodyspirit.fm.